Hello, and welcome to the Proskauer Benefits Brief. I'm Tyler Forney, an associate in Proskauer's Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Group. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Paul Hamburger, co-chair of our Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Group. In this 10-part series of podcasts, we will explore the basic COBRA rules and understand the facts and fictions surrounding COBRA coverage rules. In this podcast, we will start with an understanding of what group health plans are subject to COBRA. So Paul, to get us started, maybe you can simply summarize COBRA in a nutshell. I think it's helpful at the outset of this series to lay out in one paragraph, if you will, what COBRA is all about. So here goes. COBRA requires that certain plan sponsors of group health plans offer certain people the right to elect and pay for certain continued medical coverage for a certain period of time after certain events occur which would cause them to otherwise lose their coverage. Those who are eligible to elect qualified beneficiaries must be provided with a certain type of notice within a certain period of time. They have a certain period within which to elect COBRA coverage. If they don't, they lose their rights. If they do, they can continue their coverage for up to a certain period of time if they pay a certain premium unless certain other events, COBRA cutoff events, happen first. If a plan sponsor or administrator fails to provide certain of these rights, the sponsor or administrator could be liable for certain penalties and or damages under the code and ERISA. Sometimes the sponsor or administrator might also be subject to certain state law versions of COBRA that have certain different rights and obligations. So there you have it. But the only thing certain is that nothing of COBRA is certain. Exceptions and special rules abound. This 10-part podcast will explore all of these rules and exceptions in a simple-to-follow format. This presentation is going to focus on identifying those plans that are subject to COBRA. Great. Thanks, Paul. Can you please get us started? So COBRA applies to group health plans maintained by employers of 20 or more employees. To understand the rules, we really have to understand each of the terms. What is a group? What is health? What is a plan? What does it mean for an employer to maintain that plan? Each of those terms means something very specific. So let's start with the first one. You need a group. Now, of course, a classic group health insurance arrangement is a group plan. But COBRA also applies to a collection of individual policies in any arrangement that involves the provision of coverage to two or more employees. So you can't avoid COBRA by simply buying a bunch of individual policies for your employees. Next, you need health. What that means is COBRA doesn't apply to life insurance, LTD, or other kinds of benefits. But I would note that certain state insurance laws may require a continuation coverage right for things like life insurance. COBRA does not apply to general wellness programs like gyms or uh, other on-site athletic facilities or first aid centers. And then there are certain unique rules that may apply to employee assistance programs or flexible spending arrangements, which will be the subject of a separate podcast. Now that if you have a group and a health, you need a plan. The plan has to be for the delivery of medical care. Once there's a plan, the plan has to be in writing. Now the big plan issue for COBRA purposes is, how many plans do you have? Often, employers will bundle a bunch of different types of plans into what's called a wrap document or a big ERISA plan. And so the question from a COBRA perspective is, are those broken up? Are they one plan? Are they multiple plans? The regulations provide a fair amount of flexibility for you to define the number of plans based on how those plans are actually administered. 
And then finally, that group health plan has to be maintained by an employer. To be maintained means that the employer is actually, if you will, controlling that arrangement. It is not necessary that the employer actually pay for it. The key is whether that coverage that is being provided wouldn't otherwise be available were it not for your employment by the employer. That means the employer is maintaining it. Even employee pay all programs could be subject to COBRA if the employer has too much involvement and is deemed to be maintaining. So now that we've defined what a group health plan is, who is the employer for COBRA purposes? And which employers are subject to COBRA? It's a good question. Often people misunderstand. Not every employer is subject to COBRA. Generally, the employers that are subject to COBRA are those employers for whom services have been performed, including members of their controlled group and, in some cases, successors to those employers. That said, certain employers aren't subject to COBRA at all. Small employers, which we'll describe uh, in a little bit, church plans are not subject to COBRA. The federal government plans are not subject to COBRA. However, the federal government has its own version of COBRA-like rights. State and local governments are covered by the Public Health Service Act, COBRA rules, and not necessarily the Internal Revenue Code or ERISA. And then finally, plans covering non-resident aliens can meet an exclusion from ERISA and therefore be excluded from COBRA coverage. That can get a little bit complicated, but uh, there is an exception for non-resident aliens. So Paul, you mentioned that small employers are excluded from COBRA coverage, but how do you determine what is a small employer? Generally, the determination of whether an employer is a small employer breaks out into different types of employer arrangements. In the non-multi-employer context, a group health plan maintained by an employer that normally employed fewer than 20 employees in the prior year is a small employer. 20 employees is generally that threshold. It's a little less clear in the multiple employer welfare arrangement how you determine whether these uh, employers are small employers. And in the PEO context, professional employer organization context, the determination of how an employer may or may not be a small employer can be quite complex and you should consult with the PEO to determine their treatment. In the multi-employer context, the plan is a plan maintained by a small employer, if you will, only if each of the employers contributing to the plan normally employed fewer than 20 employees in the preceding year. Otherwise, that plan is likely not going to qualify for the small employer exception. Are there any other special rules to be aware of in applying the small employer test for COBRA purposes? Yes, there's one rule that does come up every now and then, and that is a rule that specifically applies in the M&A, the merger and acquisition context. The IRS has a revenue ruling that explains how to apply the small employer exception in the context of a stock sale or an asset sale. So if the stock of a company is sold, then a group health plan maintained by the combined entity will cease to be accepted from COBRA as of the date of the stock transfer. But if, the, if there is an asset sale and a plan is maintained by the acquiring company, the plan continues to be accepted as a small employer plan for at least the remainder of the year of the asset acquisition. Now, if a large employer becomes a small employer, if the plan that was subject to COBRA becomes a small employer plan, 
the plan will generally remain subject to COBRA for qualifying events that occurred before it was accepted. Thanks, Paul, for that clear and helpful summary of the COBRA rules covering which health plans are subject to COBRA. Obviously, there's a lot to consider. And thank you to those who joined us today for this Employee Benefits Podcast. Please join us for future presentations in our Proskauer Benefits Brief podcast series. And keep an eye out for more employee benefits and executive compensation insights on our Proskauer ERISA Practice Center blog. Also, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.